hope you have. You're now tuned in to Marcus Rays. You just sat back and ready to play. Let me take your thoughts far, far away. Now let's hear what Darth Vader has to say. We would be honored if you would join us. What's up, my far, far away family? How's everyone doing on this fine day in June? Well, I hope it's fine for everyone else because it's raining wild brass outside where I'm at. For anyone that didn't get a chance to check out the first episode of the new show, Lightsaber Radio, it came out last Thursday. Go and check it out. The sound quality is a work in progress, but I think you'll like the content and the jokes. Now to the next chapter of Darth Bane Ruler 2, because last week we covered the prologue and it started the book out kind of dark in my opinion. But it had a lot of good information in it, and it prepared you for the next chapter, the chapter that we're going to cover right now. Peace is a lie. There is only passion. Through passion, I gain strength. Through strength, I gain power. Through power, I gain victory. Through victory, my chains are broken. The Code of the Sith. Darth Bane, the only Sith Lord to escape the devastation of Khan's thought bomb, marched quickly under a pale yellow Rusan sun, moving steadily across the bleak, war-torn landscape. He was two meters tall, and his black boots covered the ground in long, sweeping strides, propelling his large, powerfully muscled frame with a sense of urgent purpose. There was an air of menace about him, accentuated by his shaved head, his heavy brow, and the dark intensity of his eyes. This, even more than his forbidding black armor or the sinister hook-handled lightsaber dangling from his belt, marked him as a man of fearsome power, a true champion of the dark side of the Force. His thick jaw was set in grim determination against the pain that flared up every few minutes at the back of his bare skull. He had been many kilometers away from the Thought Bomb when it detonated, but even at that range, he had felt its power reverberating through the Force. The after-effects lingered, sporadic bursts shooting through his brain like a million tiny knives stabbing at the dark recesses of his mind. He'd expected these attacks to fade over time, but in the hours since the blast, their frequency and intensity had steadily increased. He could have called on the Force to keep the pain at bay, cloaking himself in an aura of healing energy. But that was the way of the Jedi, and Bane was a Dark Lord of the Sith. He walked a different path, one that embraced suffering, drawing strength from the ordeal. He transformed the pain into anger and hate, feeding the flames of the dark side until his physical aspect seemed almost to glow with the fury of a storm it could barely contain. Okay, so this chapter starts off with Drew describing everything in depth. I don't know why other than to give a sense of environment, but he does a really good job. He tells you in a way that you can imagine walking next to Bane. You can see how menacing and powerful he looked, all dressed in black and his lightsaber dangling from his belt. But there was something in the description that caught my attention. Drew says that even though Bane was far away, he still had been affected by the thought bomb. It had given him a throbbing headache, and I'm wondering if it affected the Jedi the same way. The terrifying image Bane projected contrasted sharply with the small figure that followed in his wake, struggling to keep up. Xana was only ten, a waif of a girl with short curly blonde hair. Her clothing was simple and plain to the point of being rustic. A loose-fitting white shirt and faded blue coveralls, both torn and stained from weeks of continuous wear. 
Anyone who saw her scampering along after Bane's massive black platform would have been hard-pressed to imagine she was the Sith Master's chosen apprentice. But looks could be deceiving. There was power in the child. He'd seen ample proof of that at their first meeting less than an hour earlier. Two nameless Jedi were dead by her hand. Bane didn't know all the details surrounding their deaths. He'd arrived after the fact to find Xana crying over the body of a bouncer, one of the telepathic green-furred species native to Rusan. The still warm corpses of the Jedi had been sprawled beside her, their heads lolling at grotesque angles atop broken necks. Clearly the bouncer had been the child's friend and companion. Bane surmised that the Jedi must have inadvertently killed the bouncer, only to meet a similar fate when Xana exacted her revenge. Unaware of her power, they'd been caught off guard when the child, driven by mind-numbing grief and pure abject hatred, had unleashed the full fury of the dark side on the men who'd slain her friend. They were victims of cruel misfortune, in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yet it would have been inaccurate to call their deaths pointless. In Bane's eyes, at least, their sacrifice had allowed him to recognize the young girl's potential. To some, this series of events would have seemed preordained, as if the hapless Jedi had been inexorably drawn to their grim end with the sole purpose of uniting Bane and Xana. No doubt there were even those who would profess that fate and the dark side of the Force had conspired to present the Master with a suitable apprentice. Bane, however, was not one of them. He believed in the power of the Force, but he also believed in himself. He was more than just a servant of prophecy or a pawn of the dark side, subject to the whims of an inevitable, inescapable future. The Force was a tool he had used to forge his own destiny through strength and cunning. He alone among the Sith had truly earned the mantle of Dark Lord, which was why he alone among them still lived. And if Xana was worthy of being his apprentice, she would eventually have to prove herself as well. Okay, so how awkward must it have been to see Xana walking behind Bane like that? This little girl trying to keep up, her thinking to herself that this guy is a jerk. Normal people like you and me, we would have never guessed that they were together. Get your mind out together, we're not talking like that. We are saying that we would have never thought that she was his apprentice. But it must have been a sight to see. This little girl with blonde curly locks just struggling trying to keep up. I can picture the look of disgust on her face. Her thinking to herself she should snap his neck. Just like the Jedi that her law. Something that Bane pondered as he walked. He thought about how some may take their meeting as a sign. A preordained act of the Force. But Bane didn't believe in such things. He believed that all things happened because he willed the Force to do so. A little bit cocky I think Bane may be. He heard a grunt behind him and turned back to see that the girl had tumbled to the ground, falling in her haste to try to keep up with the relentless pace he'd set. She glared at him, anger etched across her features. Slow down, she snapped. You're going too fast. Bane clenched his teeth as a fresh bolt of pain ripped through his skull. I am not going too fast, he replied, keeping his voice even but stern. You are going too slow. You must find a way to keep up. She scrambled to her feet, swatting at the scuffed knees of her overalls to wipe away the most obvious traces of dirt. My legs aren't as long as yours, 
she replied crossly, refusing to back down. How am I supposed to keep up? The girl had spirit. That had been clear from the moment of their first meeting. She had recognized Bane instantly for what he was. One of the Sith. Sworn enemy of the Jedi. A servant of the dark side. Yet she had shown no fear. In Xana, Bane had seen the potential for the successor he needed. But she had obviously seen something she wanted in him, too. And when he had offered her the chance to be his apprentice, to study and learn the ways of the dark side, she hadn't hesitated. He wasn't yet certain why Xana had been so eager to ally herself with the Lord of the Sith. It could have been a simple act of desperation. She was alone, with nowhere else to turn for her survival. Or maybe she saw the dark side as a path to vengeance against the Jedi. A way to make them all suffer for the death of her bouncer friend. It was even possible she had simply sensed Bane's power and lusted to claim it as her own. Whatever her true motivation, Xana had been more than willing to swear fealty to the Sith and her new master. However, it was neither her spirit nor her willingness that made her worthy of being his apprentice. The Dark Lord had chosen her for one reason, and one reason only. You are strong in the Force. He explained, his voice still betraying no hint of emotion or the agony he endured. You must learn to use it, to call on its power, to bend it to your purpose, as you did when you killed the Jedi. Okay, I like the way the Bane talks to Xana. He doesn't get mad and yell at her, not at first anyway. We gotta sit back and see what's gonna happen. He keeps his tone light and stern. When she states the obvious, he is going too fast for her to keep up. He plainly tells her that she is wrong. It is her that is going too slow. I really don't know how this is going to go. I don't see Bane being a very good teacher. But he explains to her that nothing just happened. She used the Force to kill the Jedi. Now she must use the Force to keep up. I don't know where Bane is going with this, but I have a feeling that we're about to find out. He saw a flicker of doubt cross her face. I don't know how I did that, she muttered. I didn't even mean to do it, she continued, suddenly uncertain. It just sort of... happened. Bane detected a hint of guilt in her voice. He was disappointed, but hardly surprised. She was young, confused. She couldn't truly understand what she had done. Not yet. Nothing just happens, he insisted. You called upon the power of the Force. Think back to how you did it. Think back to what happened. She hesitated, then shook her head. I don't want to, she whispered. The girl had already endured immeasurable pain and suffering since her arrival on Rusa. She had no wish to revisit those awful experiences. Bane understood. He even sympathized with her. He too had suffered during his childhood, a victim of countless savage beatings at the hands of Hurst, his cruel and abusive father. But he had learned to use those memories to his advantage. If Xana was to become the heir to the Dark Side's legacy, she had to confront her past. She had to learn how to draw upon her most painful memories. She had to transform and channel them to allow her to wield the power of the Dark Side. 
We love bringing you more Star Wars, and it is because of our partners that we can do this week after week. So we invite you to be one of those partners. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help us keep this going. Your support will give us the ability to create future episodes, as well as provide you with the best sounding show on your playlist. And to express our appreciation, we will give you a shout out on our mid-series show that we do in the middle of every book. You will also be automatically entered in all future giveaways. All you have to do is go to the show notes and click that listener support link. Now let's get back to the show. You feel sorry for those Jedi now, Bane said, his voice casual. You feel regret, remorse, maybe even pity. The easy tone fell away quickly as his voice began to rise in both volume and intensity. But these are worthless emotions. They mean nothing. What you need to feel is anger. He took a sudden step toward her, his right fist clenched before him to punctuate his words. Xana flinched at the unexpected movement, but didn't retreat. Their deaths were not an accident! He shouted as he took another step forward. What happened was not some mistake! A third step brought him so close that the shadow of his massive frame enveloped the girl like an eclipse. She cowered slightly, but held her ground. Bane froze locking out the pain in the back of his skull and reining in his fury. He crouched down beside her and relaxed his clenched fist. Then he reached out slowly with his hand and placed it gently on her shoulder. Think back to what you felt when you unleashed your power against them, he said, his voice now a soft, seductive whisper. Think back to what you felt when the Jedi murdered your friend. Xana dropped her head, her eyes closed. For several seconds, she was still and silent, forcing her mind to relive the moment. Bane saw the emotions crossing her face, grief, sorrow, loss. Beneath his massive hand on her frail shoulder, she trembled slightly. Then slowly, he felt her anger begin to rise, and with it, the power of the dark side. Okay, Xana feels guilty about killing the Jedi, and Bane was disappointed in her. She's tense, she's supposed to feel guilty about killing someone. But he told her to think back to those moments, to remember everything that happened. The pain she felt as she watched her friend die. Then used that pain to fuel the power of the dark side. She responded by saying she don't know how she did it. He starts to raise his voice. I told you this was gonna happen. I don't see Bane being the nice guy, Master. But he tells her that her actions wasn't a mistake. She used the force to kill the Jedi. Then he told her to think back to when she used her power, to think back to when the Jedi killed Law. Xana did as she was instructed to do, and as she remembered the moment, her anger as well as her power started to rise. When the girl looked up again, her eyes were open wide. They burned with a fierce intensity. They killed La, she spat. They deserve to die. Good. Bane let his hand fall from her shoulder and took a step back, the hint of a satisfied smile playing across his lips. Feel the anger. Welcome it. Embrace it. Through passion, I gain strength, he continued, reciting from the Code of the Sith. Through strength, I gain power. Through passion, I gain strength, she said, repeating his words, responding to them. Through strength, I gain power. He could sense the dark side building within her, growing in intensity until he could almost feel its heat. The Jedi died because they were weak, he said, taking a step back. 
Only the strong survive, and the Force will make you strong. As he turned away, he added, Use it to keep up. If you fall behind again, I will leave you here on this world. But you still haven't told me what to do! She shouted after him as he marched away. Bane didn't reply. He'd given her the answer, though she didn't know it yet. If she was worthy of being his apprentice, she'd figure it out. Okay, so after remembering the moments of Law's death, Xana raises her head and looks at Bane. She had a rage in her eyes that burnt like fire. When she finally spoke, the words that came out of her mouth were like venom. Then Bane starts to quote the Sith mantra. Xana repeats it word for word. She allowed the dark side to gain strength. Bane can feel the power radiating from her. Then he tells her to use the power to keep up. If she falls behind again, he will leave her. She yells out, you never showed me how. But Bane knew that he had. She just had to figure it out for herself. Like I said, Bane is not going to be a good teacher. He felt a sudden surge of power rushing toward him. Concentrated on the heel of his left foot as she tried to trip him up to slow him down. Bane had braced himself for some kind of reaction the moment he'd turned his back on her. He'd pushed her to the edge. He'd have been disappointed if she'd done nothing. But he'd been expecting a broader, more basic assault. A wave of dark side energy meant to hurl him to the ground. A focus strike against a single heel was much more subtle. It showed intelligence and cunning. And though he was ready for it, the strength of her attack still surprised him. Yet even with as much power and potential as Xana had, she was no match for a Dark Lord of the Sith. Bane drew upon his own abilities in the Force to absorb the impact of her attack, catching it and amplifying its strength before firing it back at his apprentice. The redirected blow struck Xana in the chest, hard enough to knock her to the ground. A grunt of surprise escaped her lips as she landed hard on her backside. She wasn't injured. Bane had no intention of harming her. The constant beatings inflicted on him by his father throughout his childhood had helped transform Bane into what he was today. But they had also caused him to hate and despise Hurst. If this girl was to be his apprentice, she had to respect and admire him. He could not teach her the ways of the dark side if she was not willing, even eager, to learn from him. The only thing Hurst's beatings had ever taught Bane was how to hate. And Xana already knew that lesson. He turned back and fixed his cold gaze on the girl still sitting on a hard, bare patch of dirt. She glared back up at him, furious at the way he'd humiliated her. A Sith knows when to unleash the fury of the dark side. He informed her, and when to hold back. Patience can be a weapon if you know how to use it. And your anger can fuel the dark side if you learn how to control it. She was still fuming with rage. But he saw something else in her expression now. A guarded curiosity. Slowly she nodded as the meaning of his words became clear and her expression softened. Bane could still feel the power of the dark side within her. Her anger was still there, but she had hidden it below the surface. She was nursing it, feeding it for a time when she could unleash it. She had just learned her first lesson in the ways of the Sith, and she was wary of him now, wary but not afraid, just as he wanted. 
The only thing he needed her to be afraid of was failure. Well, I may have to recap my earlier statement. Maybe Bane will be a good teacher. Xana was able to figure it out pretty quick. But on the other hand, Xana might just be really smart. That's why she figured it out so fast. It might not have anything to do with Bane's teaching. Maybe I should get a little further into the book before I start casting judgment. Anyway, Bane feels a surge of dark side energy. Xana is coming up behind him, but not the energy that he was expecting. He expected her to strike out at him. She was trying to use the force to trip him up. He fires her feeble attempt back at her and it struck her hard in the chest, hard enough to knock her off of her feet. He wasn't trying to hurt his apprentice, he was just trying to get her attention, and she was humiliated by that. Bane goes into explaining the way of the Sith, and Xana had to learn her first lesson. He turned away from her again and resumed his march, suppressing a shudder as a fresh phalanx of blades carved their way through his thoughts. Behind him, he felt Xana gather the force once more. This time, however, the girl directed it inward, using it to refresh and rejuvenate her exhausted limbs. She sprang up and scurried after him, moving almost effortlessly at a full run. He quickened his pace as his apprentice fell into step beside him, easily able to keep up now that she was propelled by the awesome power of the Force. Where are we going? she asked. The Sith camp, he answered. We need supplies for the journey. Are the others sit there? She wondered. The ones the Jedi were fighting? Bane realized he hadn't yet told her what had happened to Khan and the Brotherhood. There are no other Sith. There never will be except for us. One master and one apprentice. One to embody the power. The other to crave it. What happened to the others? She wanted to know. I killed them. He replied. Xana seemed to think about this for a moment before shrugging indifferently. Then they were weak, she said with simple conviction. And they deserved to die. Bane realized he had chosen his apprentice well. At this point, Bane realizes something. He had not told his apprentice about the other Sith. But the explanation he gives her is simple. They are the only two Sith that are left. From now on, that's the way to be. One master and one apprentice. The rule of two. When she asks what happened to the other Sith, Bane doesn't lie or anything like that. He tells her that he killed them. And Xana's reaction surprised the heck out of me. She just shrugs her shoulders and says that they were weak and deserved to die. I don't think a 10-year-old girl should be thinking like this. Not even a Sith 10-year-old girl. But at this point, Bane realizes that he chose his apprentice well. And this is where the chapter comes to an end. I have to say it, for there to be no lightsaber duels or any real action, this was a good chapter. The journey that Drew takes your imagination on, the way he describes what's going on in the chapter, is a true work of art. I actually feel like I was there with Bane and Xana. Like I was walking in the moment with them. I could visualize what was happening. Thumbs up to Drew on this chapter. Now let's get to the quote for this episode. And it is a short but powerful quote that comes to us from David Perlmutter. And he said, strive for progress, not perfection. This is a battle that I've been dealing with for a long time. And I know that it affects a lot of people wanting to make things perfect. As a creator, I have dealt with this over and over again. I want to create the best show for my listeners. I want it to be perfect. But there is no such thing as perfection in this world. There is nothing that is perfect. And that's a very good thing. It is the imperfection that makes things unique. I would have never put out one episode of this show if I had kept on trying to make it perfect. I would have still been working on episode one. I had to accept the flaws. They were what made the episodes good. They gave a personality. And as soon as I did, I was able to progress to the fourth season of this podcast. 
Let me tell you one thing that I have learned because of this show. You will never be able to appease the masses and you can't make everyone happy. Just do the best that you can and keep moving forward. Everything else will fall into place. And with that being said, I think that we have came to the end of this episode. Remember to check out Lightsaber Radio on Thursdays and we will be back next week as we cover chapter two of this amazing book. Hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Sway. Join us next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can find us and subscribe on your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed the show, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shit and is a production of Pick Film Media. This show was produced by Quentin McDaniel, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Tammy Turner. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.